Welcome back to Experts in Netherlands. In today's podcast, we have Arnold. Thank you for having me. What do you do at Orange Tax? I'm good with numbers. I know about the Dutch tax system, but helping internationals with their numbers in the Dutch tax system is what keeps us going. You only work with experts then? We only work with internationals, yeah. Therefore, we don't have a Dutch website. We're focused on the international and the aspects that come with yeah. it. To ask a tax-related question to Arnold, completely for free, we set up a link for experts in Netherlands listeners only. Don't be shy. The link is in the description down below. And that's what you specialized on, the experts' issues, the experts' taxes issues. Yeah, yeah. Stuff so like that. Uh, the, the income tax with the Dutch tax treaties and where you are a tax resident and where you have to pay the tax and, and how much. Fantastic. So today we, I would like to focus on uh, private individuals. Yeah. So I know that the taxes you can pay if you have a job in the Netherlands, and in that case you're a private individual, or if you you're not employed, but you're self-employed, for example. Yeah. That's separate topic, right? Yeah. When I work for a company, when do I even need to get taxed? Now, first we have to go back to the first step, and it is, uh, are you a tax resident in the Netherlands? Yeah, what does that mean? That means uh, that your central point of life is in the Netherlands. Some people come to me and they say, hey Arnold, I'm still living in uh, America and I am not registered in the Netherlands, so I do not pay tax in the Netherlands. Well, if that was true, then we I would deregister instantly. <laughs> um, uh, the tax treaties do not look at your registration. Eh? It's a tool of the Dutch government, but they look at your central point of life and that is supported by facts and circumstances. So if you are living in the Netherlands, you're buying your groceries in the Netherlands, uh, and maybe you have a job in the Netherlands, but you're not registered because you forgot or you don't want to, then you are still a Dutch tax resident. But mm -hmm. if you do not live in the Netherlands, but you own a property in the Netherlands, you are a non-resident taxpayer because in the tax treaties, it states mm -hmm. that where the property is situated, there you pay the tax. So some people have in the United Kingdom a property and they are worried I get rental income. Do I need to report that in the Netherlands? No. Um, everything related to the property is then reported in the United Kingdom. Okay, I see. So if I can summarize it or get some bullet points, I am I need to pay taxes in the Netherlands if the if it is the center of my life, yeah. which means that either I have a job from the Netherlands, yeah. right? Or sometimes if I have a property in the Netherlands? Well, if you live in the Netherlands, if, if you buy you groceries here, if you go to, uh, to the facilities. I see. And is there a minimum amount of days that I need to be live in the Netherlands to be yeah, to pay yeah, the Yeah, I think you're referring to the 183-day rule, mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, the 183-day rule is, um, let's say you are a mechanic yeah. for an company and the client in Germany has an issue and your employer sends you for one week to Germany to repair the technique and then uh, a client in Japan and you go three weeks to Japan and then one week to France. What would happen if at the end of the year the Germans, the Japanese and the French mm -hmm. authorities ask you to file an income tax return for the one week, three weeks, one week that Impossible, you basically. Well, you will not go. You say to your boss, you go. I don't want that. Yeah. So to avoid that, we have a 183-day rule. Mm -hmm. If you spend less than 183 days in the other country, we do as if you are still uh, employed only in the Netherlands. You only pay Dutch tax. You don't need to pay the local tax. 
Um, what if I live in the Netherlands and I work for abroad? I'm still a tax resident. I still yeah, need to pay yeah, taxes. Yeah, yeah, the tax treaty states in Article 14, uh, most likely, uh, that where the work is done, uh, you pay the tax. And in the same article, under Sub 2, is the 183-day rule. Uh, but if you are buying your groceries in the Netherlands and you're living in the Netherlands or you're a tax resident in the Netherlands mm -hmm. and you work in the Netherlands for an Australian company or Italian company, then that Australian company or Italian company needs to set up a Dutch payroll. That is a service we do provide. Okay, great. So that also means that if I work for an Italian company, for example, but I'm located in the Netherlands, I only pay the taxes in the Netherlands. Yes. I don't need to pay double taxes. No. All right. No. And you are socially insured in the country where your employer is situated. Now you think, I have an Italian employer, so I'm socially insured in Italy. No. The moment the Italian company sets up a payroll in the Netherlands, you have a Dutch employer, so you are socially oh, insured in the Netherlands. Okay. And they have to set this up, right? The employer has to has set to, it up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Clear. But one thing that at the beginning was not clear to me, I am employed uh, here in the Netherlands and the taxes get removed from my salary yeah. Yeah. before I receive the salary. Yeah. But then at the end of the year, they still ask me, hey, how much did you earn this year? Well, you know how much I earn. Why do they even ask? Uh, they do not ask everybody. So we have about 18 million people in the Netherlands, about six or seven million people work, and they do not want to have a tax return for six or seven million people. Mm -hmm. So the people that only have employment income and no real assets and no own house are not invited to file. But if you move from one country to the other country, so you arrived in the Netherlands, for instance, then sometimes you are asked, and I have to say sometimes because the tax office knows you can get tax back. So they are not too <laughs> enthusiastic to invite everybody, but you should file. <laughs> but then if you are uh, working in the Netherlands and you maybe have substantial funds in your bank account, the tax office might have the opinion you should pay box three tax. Or if you take a credit, like a rental credit, health care credit, or a daycare credit, the tax office demands you to file an income tax return so that they can see if your income was suitable for that credit. Because we are living in a socialistic country, the more you earn, the more you need to share. So if you earn more, you get less tax credits. And when you say credit, you mean a benefit. It's a benefit that yeah. you can get to help paying bills yeah. or rent. Yeah. So if you have a lower income, and I do not know the amounts from the top of my mind, but the lower the income and you rent a place and that place is under certain criteria, you can get a benefit, a credit for the rent. Or if you have a healthcare insurance, you can get a healthcare insurance credit. Or if you both work and you have children that go to a daycare, you can get a daycare credit. Yeah, it's what here in the Netherlands they call it toeslagen. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. But again, to me, it's not clear. Let's say that I get the, uh, the credit, I get it. Yeah. So the belasting dienst invites me to file my uh, income to check if my income is low enough that I should have this, yeah, um, yeah, I should have this uh, help from the state. Great. But again, they know how much I earn because my work tells them, right? 
So if I file something that is wrong, they will come to me and they say, why did you say this? We know it's not. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Uh, and it is true that if you file a tax return with only that one income, one day you will no longer be invited. But sometimes um, you maybe have income source from another country or you have a wealth that is exceeding mm -hmm. the threshold uh, and they want to be certain. The tax office wants to check if the credit they paid to you was indeed correct and therefore you need to file the income tax return. If you decide not to file the income tax return, the tax office will ask you to pay back the full credit. Or if your income was too high, you have to pay back a fraction of the credit. And if your income was lower than they expected, you get more. Okay, I see. So what I understand is, and I didn't know this, this is absolutely new information to me, but not everybody needs to file yeah. the taxes. But there is, let's say, an algorithm or a calculation that they do to say, okay, I think we need to ask extra information to that guy just to make sure. Yeah, I don't know the algorithm. No, of but course But there not. are many <laughs> civil servants that are uh, cleaning the streets uh, and that are maintaining uh, buildings. And often those are not invited to file because the tax office has a good indication that the income they are paid is the only thing they have. And Maybe they have the uh, thought that the income is not good enough to build up savings uh, exceeding the threshold. Clear. Um, let me ask another question then about this toeslagen. Yeah. Um, many, first of all, it's a sort of a taboo uh, to receive toeslagen between experts, or not all the, all the time, but I see sometimes that people that receive them don't want to talk about it. So I would like to make it explicit with you and talk about it a bit more with you because it's not a topic that it's really fun or, or you want to discuss with your friends, you know? So, um, okay, you receive these two slagen, so a credit to help you pay for the rent or the electricity or the health insurance, etc. Great. But then I know that if your salary changes or you go live with somebody else, then all of a sudden you are not eligible for it anymore. And I've seen experts that didn't know this, kept receiving it, and one year later, they, they have been asked, hey, you need to give us back 2K, 3K. It's never nice to hear, right? So how to avoid this? We, those experts that do not want to talk about it have become Dutch because Dutch also do not talk about the toeslagen they receive. <laughs> um, if you follow, follow the politics a little bit, now up to the elections, there is a story that if you get 10,000 euros gross more in salary, you have net a lower amount. That is strange. I don't and understand. Say it again. What does it mean? If you earn, let's say you have about... 25 to 30,000 euros gross a year and you earn 10,000 euros more, your net salary will go down. Oh. And the politicians find that very strange, but it is the system they invented themselves. But the more you earn, the less credits you get. So you get the salary increase, but then you have to pay back all those credits. So it's so people decide to work less, not to get the increase. It's, it's strange. But then indeed... Um, they have a salary increase or uh, something else happens, then they need actually, well, people are not accountants, we understand, but actually at the time the salary increase happens, they should uh, adjust their uh, toeslag at the same time. It's 
possible to adjust it during the year. But who thinks about the toeslag when they get a salary increase? <laughs> Nobody does. So then at the end of the year, a tax return is completed. And then you see you have to pay back a toeslag. Yeah, you, you get a toeslag for a reason. It's not a reason that you have enough money. So you need to pay back money, money you probably don't have. So you postpone the tax return. Actually, you try to avoid filing the tax returns. Very normal human behavior. Yeah, it's a We see that happen a, a lot. But but then the the problem becomes bigger because the next toeslag is already running. Eh? Are you listening to this episode on your favorite podcasting platform? Then you might be missing the video version of it. You can find it on YouTube. The link is down below. So for the 2023 tax year, you filed a tax return around April, May in 2024. At that moment, you see you need to pay back the toeslag, but the 2024 toeslag is already being paid out to you. So you also know if I stop this one, the next one is cut as well. How am I going to pay that? Yeah, uh, that is a problem. Still file the tax return, don't postpone. You make the problem bigger. And... Um, if you cannot pay the toeslagen in one go, contact the tax office and ask them within reason to be able to pay in installments. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So basically, whenever my salary changes, my situation changes, I should be able to log in online and tell them, hey, my salary changed. Yeah. So recalculate the toeslagen for me. That's if I want to be, let's say, if I want to make sure that I don't need to pay back this bonus, not bonus, but this two slag and that I get on a, yeah. Okay. Why do your situation is considered change when you go and live with somebody, like with a partner, for example? Um, if you are a, a single person, maybe a parent, um, then we find your situation uh, troublesome. But the moment another income earner is joining your, uh, your, 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 becomes your tax partner, then, uh, yeah, you're no longer poor. You have two incomes. So, uh, but does it depends on how much the both earn or? Yeah, it is, it yeah. is, an, it is a very dynamic situation. Okay. Uh, that's dynamic that I cannot make an example to no. you now. Okay. But Marco, I just touched the topic fiscal partnership. A fiscal partnership that implies two people are regarded one unity for the tax return. Yeah. So I see you just got married. Yes. And right. uh, before you got married, do you think you were tax partners already? If we were living under the same roof, right? Yeah, you're close. I think you own this house. Uh, we do own it now. Yeah. Then the moment you own together a house, you are tax partners. Okay. But if you do not own the house together, the moment you get married, you mm -hmm. become tax partners. But if you don't get married, but one of you has a child and you become one family, you become tax partners. Okay. And if you don't want to get children and don't own the house and you're not married, but one of you is mentioned in the pension, your employer built up for you, uh, and that if you die, the person you live with get a benefit, your tax partners. Okay. What if we live under the same roof, but we are renting? Then you need to be married, or have or have a child, or be mentioned in a uh, in the. Okay. Why would you like to be, become a tax partner? This is not a nice subject, but uh, ah. there is a, there is an advantage. Um, I, 
Often I get experts in the, in the office and they are already together 20 years and they moved from every country and arrived in the Netherlands. And then I say, why aren't you married? Oh, I never thought about it. I don't know. But um, what happens if you die? Mm -hmm. Then if you're not married, you have not so many rights. The in-laws can take all the belongings and you have no rights. Plus in the Netherlands, you have a 600,000 euro more or less exemption from inheritance tax hmm. if one dies and you have assets that that are belonging to the person that died so um formalizing your relationship when you are an international traveling the world i think it's important and i do not think you should go for the dutch variation through in front of a notary where you are becoming partners not being yeah. married because Will it stand in France? Or if you are stranded in oh, Egypt, will it stand? I think uh, a, a passport showing you are married is more solid because I doubt you will stay forever in the Netherlands. I know you like the Dutch tax system, but maybe the weather <laughs> is pushing you away. <laughs> so you're saying if you get the registered partnership in the Netherlands, that is something that it is recognized in the Netherlands, but maybe not in other countries yeah. you go to travel to. And we also said that when you have two salaries, the two slagen gets removed because all of a sudden you have two incomes. Yeah. So isn't it maybe an advantage to say, no, we, we, we are renting together, but we are not fiscal partners? I understand your, where you're coming from. And uh, the Dutch are, it's a national sport to claim as much as you can. <laughs> so no Dutch would get married if that was true. Uh, in the Netherlands, we also register who is uh, registered at which address. Oh yeah. So if they see that uh, two persons are registered at the same address, then uh, you're not tax partners, but uh, it's a multi-people household. So then you have to, provide the income of multiple people. And I believe in the past they were counting toothbrushes in the morning, how many toothbrushes are in the bathroom. <laughs> to, yeah, that's a long story, but um, no, that does not work. Yeah, clear. It's uh, really nice, good to know. I thought I was going too much into detail, but you made it really simple and clear, yeah. thanks. Tax partnership is also very interesting if one of the persons holds the 30% ruling. Okay, first, maybe you need to mention really briefly what the 30% ruling is, if our listeners don't know. Yeah, it's the best tax benefit we have. <laughs> if you are attracted from abroad by a Dutch employer, mm -hmm. and you have a minimum required income of about 60,000 euros, or when you're under 30 years old and you hold a master's degree, your minimum income needs to be about 44,000 euros. Gross, we are talking. Gross, yeah and you have not lived in the Netherlands during the past 25 years, and you have not lived closer to the Dutch border than 150 kilometers in the two years before arrival, then you can qualify for the 30% ruling. Here we go. And the 30% ruling implies that 70% of your income is taxed, and 30% of your income is tax-free. And this is valid for a five-year period. You can lose the 30% ruling if you no longer have the minimum required income. Okay. Hey, you can decide to work part-time mm -hmm. or something happens. Then uh, your salary goes down, maybe under the 60,000 euros. Nobody thinks, gives a thought. Nobody gives us a thought. The employer does not think about it. But then suddenly the tax office knows you no longer have the 30% ruling. So you lose it. And once you lose it, you lose it forever. 
if you get unemployed, and I mean garden leave, that is means the company is paying you, but you're not supposed to do any work for them anymore, is being unemployed for the 30% okay. ruling. So then you have to find within three months time another job. If you work for a university type of organization, there is no minimum income requirement. Uh, but if you arrive in the Netherlands, because yeah, maybe your partner moved to the Netherlands, yeah, sure. and you moved to the Netherlands, oh, you like it here, you found a job, you will not get a 30% ruling. You came because of love. Oh, I and see. And that's a denial. Eh? So you need to be clever <laughs> before you get in love. First find a job. <laughs> or you arrive in the Netherlands, and one year later you get a salary increase, and it's above 60,000 euros. Mm -hmm. So you're running to your employer, can we apply for the 30% ruling? No, the reference moment is the day of your arrival yeah. in the Netherlands. What if I'm below 30 years old, so my threshold is 45? Yeah, uh, 44. 44, like but I'm 29 years old. The, yeah. the one year later I get 30? Yeah, you have to ask a salary increase to 60,000 euros. <laughs> yeah, but that is how it is. People are very uh, surprised uh, and annoyed. But they lose the 30% ruling. Really. So by age, you just lose it. Even if you are already, yeah. you already have it the year yeah. before. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I didn't know this. Okay. And then your tax partner. So why is the 30% ruling really nice yeah. when you're tax partners? Um, if one holds the 30% ruling, really, both do not need to report their worldwide assets. Ah, uh, yeah. And if why one, is that important? Oh, um, some people... I, I can only imagine that the ruling is made for Americans. Yeah? <laughs> Americans want to come to the Netherlands, but they do not come. We want to have their knowledge, but they do not come. Why do you not come? You have a lot of tax. What if we do not fully tax your salary? Oh, we still don't come. Why don't you come? Well, you tax my assets and I made a lot of money in America, so I will not come. Okay, what if we do not tax your assets? Will you come? No, I will not come. <laughs> Why do you not come? I have to take a driver driver's license test in the Netherlands, and it is horrible, the test in your country. Oh, but what if we give you a driver's license? Oh, well, then I come. So if you have the 30% ruling, you can swap your foreign driver's license for a Dutch one, and the tax partner can do the same. Amazing. I, I knew the single parts of this story, but I didn't make the full story on why this ruling exists. And your explanation makes it really clear uh, why this came to be a thing in the Netherlands. Super interesting. So that means if one of the two has a 30%, yeah, the 30% ruling, you, you don't need to declare your assets. And when you talk about assets, you mean houses and stocks or? Yeah, Houses in the Netherlands? Okay. No, no, sorry. Exception to the rule is houses in the Netherlands. You have to report it always. And houses abroad, you did not need to report already. Okay. So it is your your investments, okay. your, your cash in the bank worldwide, your investments worldwide that you do not need to report. Okay. So investments and the cash that I have on the side in my bank account. Yeah. yeah. Dutch or foreign. Yeah. In fact, when I first moved here, I was a little bit stressed because I received a paper, huge amount of paper, asking me, hey, file your world income. And I was like, what? What? So it's something that nobody ever told me. Is this something that everybody gets, every expert gets? No, only if you have claims for a credit, and a tax credit, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you have a low Dutch income, you qualify. But if you have at the same time assets or an income from another country, you still do not qualify. And the tax office does not have that information. 
So you need to file that form if you have any other source of income or if you have certain amount of assets. Because if you have assets, you're rich, you don't need to have the credit. That's the thought. Yeah, but what I mean is everybody needs to file in when they first move to the Netherlands, this world income um, paper. I think you have two things. The world income is only for tax credits, but you also have the migration tax return and that is an 86-page booklet. Is maybe that one you refer to? Yeah, I, yeah. It's in Dutch? Yes. And you have to fill it out by hand? Yes. We love it because nobody does it and they all ask us to do it. And it is a very nice um, return because an employer pays you a salary on the assumption, eh, with privacy rules, they have to do it, that you were employed the full year in the Netherlands. So they take one twelfth of all the aspects. But you arrived in, let's say, August 1. So you were only a few months in the Netherlands. So you have, you are more entitled to um, tax, general tax credit and a labor tax credit. Plus, the salary was assumed to have been earned a whole year. Let's say you earn 5,000 euros a month. Then they assume you earn 60,000 euros a, uh, a year. Then the tax per month is based on the 60,000 euros. Mm -hmm. But that's too much. So at the end of the year, you get tax back. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. This is exactly what happened to me, but it was so stressful exactly for the reason you said, because paper, Dutch, I don't know the language yet. I just came to the Netherlands. They asked me, it, it's huge. I don't know how much paper you receive in the post. And it's like, and then there is instructions. Oh, if you answer this question A, then you need to go to page 11. It, it, feels, it feels like an escape book, a book where you need to get all the reasons right. It, it was really difficult. And the tax law states you can only file a tax return that is true and correct. Okay. You have no idea with that form. I tick a box, but I don't know if it's correct. The truth is I don't know if it is correct. So you send it into the tax office and then, yeah, maybe it leads to issues. I don't know. But uh, we uh, offer to file the migration tax return and it is a one-time tax return. And after that, you have a running tax return. You could try to do it yourself. But the arrival the tax return is horrible. But Absolutely, also, if yeah. you leave the Netherlands, you have the same tax return that is sent to you abroad. Oh, wow. Some people are very clever. Eh? They deregister at City Hall because they no longer want to be a Dutch tax resident. And when they are asked, what will be your future address? I don't know. I don't know. Because I think if I don't give it, then I can disappear from the radar from the Dutch tax office. That's true. And that is not in your advantage. Because the moment the Dutch tax office does not have your new address, no tax return will be processed. So you might be entitled to a refund, but then you first have to update City Hall. That's the only institute that can uh, change your address with the Dutch tax office to your future address. Yeah. So because you're saying, hey, maybe for that year, if you moved halfway through the year, you get taxed too much because yeah. the tax you based on, you lived in the country for the whole year. Exactly. And that, yeah, makes sense. Okay. You mentioned briefly earlier box three. Yeah. What is box one, box two, and box three? Because I know everybody that talks about taxes talks about these boxes, but in my mind, it doesn't match to anything. What is no. it? The, in 2001, we, this uh, system was introduced, and before that, 
we had a system from 1964, it's a long time ago, and you had to put uh, a lot of attachments to the uh, tax return and a lot of forms, and they don't want it anymore. So they wanted to simplify the system. Okay. And they simplified the system by putting it in boxes. Okay. And you have box one, two, and three. In box one, you report your worldwide employment income, your set-set income, your freelance income, and we have a limited number of deductions. We have a mortgage deduction, and we have a charity donation deduction, and that's basically it. The tax rate is 38% to 49.5%. Box two is very technical and not suitable for this uh, podcast. And in box three, you report your worldwide assets. Taxed are your assets minus your debts. And can I elaborate a little bit on box three? Uh, before you go to that, even if it is too technical, box two, can you just give us two words of what is in there? Why it's, it doesn't matter for this podcast? If you own more than 5% in the shared capital of a limited liability company, one, okay. wherever in the world, then you have to pay tax over the dividend you receive okay. and over capital gains uh, of the shares. Okay. Then box three, please. Box three. Um, The Dutch are very creative in not providing the true information about the yield they made on investments. That's the whole point why we switched to an assumed yield. So the, the Dutch tax officers were fed up with it. So they said, okay, um, you report your worldwide, uh, as per January 1, balance in the bank, uh, your investments, and we assume you made a certain amount of yield, and that we tax. Hmm. Now. We started with 4% assumed yield, and we taxed it at 30%, 1.2%. And if you had uh, 100,000 euros in the bank and you had 30,000 euros uh, in debt, then we uh, tax the balance. When you say taxing on the yield, that means the state assumes that you make a 4% return on yeah. your investment. Yeah. Okay, and that means that on that 4%, you get taxed on it. 30%. 30%, which is, so you're taxed a little bit less than what you're taxed on your... Uh, salary yeah okay but then there came a moment we had negative interest yeah, a couple of years ago we did not get interest on our money but still the dutch tax office assumed we made four percent interest oh i see and the high court has stated that this is not correct tax is to be levied on the proceeds of an asset Mm -hmm. So on interest or on dividends, it cannot touch the base. And we were now eroding the base by paying tax over something we did not earn. Yeah. And that is the whole point why we have now this discussion with the tax office, why the system is going to be changed. When is going to be changed? It has already been changed a little bit because we had negative interest on uh, money the money in the tax return is really not taxed. An assumed yield is of 0.01%, and that is taxed at 32%. That, that's not a lot. But then investments. Investments are assumed to have made 6.17%. Okay. And that is taxed at 32%. That is a lot. Mm -hmm. That is so much people are... Um, disliking box three and basically stating i did not make that money with my investments 
So again, the high court is looking at the current system. Um, that 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 is a problem. Um, that does not mean you should not file your tax return with Box mm -hmm. Three. Uh, you need to file if you have a loan. You have a tax-free amount of fifty-seven thousand euros. If you have a tax partner, it doubles one hundred fourteen thousand euros. Okay. If you have together more than one hundred fourteen thousand euros in worldwide cash in the bank, worldwide investments, and property in the Netherlands, you need to file box three. What do you mean? Cash in the bank, we get it. Um, investments means, yeah, how much you invested in stock market. Yeah, um, some people have, like in America, you have a 401k. Yeah, for example. That is a type of self-controlled uh, pension. Mm -hmm. That is not part of Box3. Okay. You have in America an IRA, similar product, not in Box3. Mm -hmm. You have in America an IRA Roth, that is in Box3. But if you come from Italy and your Italian employer built up a pension for you that has a value that is not in box three. Okay. If you get something paid from your pension built up abroad, then it is taxed in box one. Yeah. And then it should not be taxed again in box three. Okay, clear. But the moment you can touch that money, the moment you have influence on that money, we do not recognize that as a pension insurance. Then it is taxed in box three. I see. And what do you mean with houses in the Netherlands? Yeah, so for the for tax treaties, uh, we state that property abroad is only taxed abroad. Okay. So a house in the Netherlands is taxed in the Netherlands. And then you can have two types. The house that is your main residence, that is in box one. Yeah, you can deduct the market interest. But some people have investments. They invest mm -hmm. in a house or they bought a house uh, for family. Yeah. Or uh, for holiday, but as long as it is not your main residence, it is in box three. Okay, and what does it end in box three? The whole value of the house? Yeah. Uh, then the Dutch are inventive enough to make the value very low. Okay. So the every city determines of every property a so-called WOZ value. Yes. The WOZ value is set by the city, and that is used to levy local tax, but also used in the income tax return to levy box three taxation. Okay, so with this WOZ, which is, which is the value that the city gave to my house, yeah. ends up in box three. Exactly. Okay, and then in that case, it's really easy to go above this 114K that you were mentioning or a 54K you were mentioning. If you are a rich guy, you are right. But most Dutch are not rich. They need to take out a loan to pay for the house. Okay. And the loan is also in, in uh, box three. And now comes the tricky part. In the old days, before 2017, you had a 100,000 euro house in box three, a 100,000 euro debt in box three, plus and minus is zero. zero. Eh? You can follow oh, yeah. me, eh? yeah. Makes sense. Now we have a 100,000 euro house that is an assumed yield of 6.17%. Mm -hmm. But on the debt, it's an assumed cost of 2.28%. And the difference between those two numbers, you pay 32% tax. I think it's not fair. 
but that's how it works right now. That is how it works. I also don't think it's fair that we have a maximum speed in the Netherlands of 120 <laughs> kilometers per hour. No, but that, 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 that analog, eh? people come to me and they want to complain against the tax rate charged over their investments. I say it's the same as complaining against the speed limit. It is created by parliament. The moment the parliament decided on the speed and on the tax, you had to file a complaint. But once it has become law, the court needs to uphold the law. So you, you can make a complaint, but it is dismissed. <laughs> yeah, so there is nothing you can do. That's Unless the court agrees that the taxation is eroding the base, which is happening now. Okay, but that's not on a case-by-case case scenario. It's a generic thing yeah. for ev everybody in yeah. the country. Yeah, makes sense. Um, okay. I wanted to ask you, we briefly mentioned some costs that you can deduct. Yeah. What else can I de deduct? In a, yeah. Is, uh, for example, it comes to my mind, but I, I know I'm wrong, but I don't know, health costs or... Um, Stuff like that, yeah. The basic rule is that you can deduct nothing. Okay. So the tax office <laughs> says, if your employer is not willing to reimburse you uh, travel, no, not travel, costs. Um, um, if you buy a computer for your work, or if you uh, have a bike for the work, or if you have to wear a suit for the work, if your employer is not willing to reimburse you, we are not giving you a deduction. <laughs> Okay. The travel is an exception. If the employer is not reimbursing you for travel, lousy employer, uh, then if you have a longer distance than 10 kilometers, you can ask a okay. tax refund for that. So before 2001, uh, the Dutch had 72 annexes to the tax return with all kinds of deductions. And the civil servant working with the tax office got cra crazy about it. So they simply accepted that. So we abolished that and we have no more deductions wow. with the exception to a mortgage deduction. Yeah. The mortgage deduction. If you buy a house for your main residence, most people have to take out a loan. You can take out a loan with an insurance company, with a bank, with family, with your own company. As long as it is a loan that over which you pay interest mm -hmm. and that is repaid in a 30-year period, mm -hmm. it is classified as a house loan for which you can deduct the costs of the loan from your income tax return. So tax deductible are the valuation costs of the real estate agent. The notary sends you an invoice, but that is a combined invoice for the transfer of the house not deductible, for the registration of the mortgage, deductible. An interpreter is present for both the transfer and the mortgage, so 50% is deductible. The commission you pay to a financial expert or a bank for the mortgage loan is deductible. The interest you pay is deductible. And some people own a house, but not the land. Yeah, You have that in city centers. Uh, Amsterdam is very well known for it. So you own the building, but the ground you rent. That is leasehold and that is deductible as well. And that is the mortgage deduction. Wow. But we live in a socialistic country. That means that we think that people that can own a property 
are rich. And rich people should not be favored too much. So there is a threshold built in. And the threshold is created by the WOZ value. So you buy a house mm -hmm. that has a WOZ value. Sure. You have to put in the tax return the WOZ value. And then a calculation is made. And for that amount, you cannot deduct the costs. Okay, so if you you mean if it goes on top of a certain amount, or it, it's a calculation that we we don't know. It's Let's say you have a thousand euro deductible costs, and okay. uh, the result of your WOZ value is that you cannot deduct two hundred euros. Then eight hundred euros, the difference okay. is deducted from your income. Clear, clear. Wow, because to me it was a bit strange when I first came here because in Italy you need to keep. Yeah, you, there are deduct things you can deduct. And so when I first came here, I was like, okay, no, the fact that you had the, um, teeth expenses because you had to fix your teeth, yeah, it's your problem. It's not deductible. You, you can deduct healthcare costs from the income tax return. Okay. But I always say you have to have a near-death situation <laughs> to claim it and a bad insurance. So the whatever the insurance company reimburses you, you cannot deduct. Of course. You cannot deduct the premium you paid to the healthcare insurance. Exactly. You cannot deduct the own risk. Then the threshold in the tax return, because everybody goes to the, well, in the Netherlands, everybody goes to the dentist. Yeah. And most people are a human being with uh, some kind of disease or a medical cost. So then everybody would claim 7 million people would file a tax return. And the tax office does not want that. So the threshold is 1% of the combined income. Okay. So if you have costs, health costs on top of everything else is already covered that are lower than 1.2% you mentioned? No, so you have healthcare costs that are not insurance premium, not on risk and not reimbursed by the insurance company. Mm -hmm. And the amount exceeding 1% of your combined income is deductible. Okay. Now, and if you then make the calculation, nearly nobody qualifies. Yeah. You need to have something really big yeah. that b brought you to spend a yeah. lot of money for some reason. But okay. I would like to touch the house still. Yeah. Um, you know the market a little bit in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. uh, we say it's ridiculous, but it's the market. Houses <laughs> are very expensive. Um, the Dutch National Bank has set criteria that you can only get so much loan on the combined income. And then sometimes your family abroad would like to help you. Um, they can help with money. Um, and then we get the question, can my family transfer money to the Netherlands and will I need to pay tax? Now, the rule is that where the person is, where the person giving is living, there you pay the tax. Okay. So the answer is no. If you receive money from abroad, I don't pay taxes on that. The answer could be no. Okay. Um, but... Let's say your mother lives in Italy yeah. and she uh, was Dutch mm. and she moved less than 10 years ago out of the Netherlands and she is a Dutch national, then still gift tax is to be paid in the Netherlands. But of course your mother is not Dutch. No. But she did live in the Netherlands and she moved out of the Netherlands less than six months, then she also needs to pay Dutch gift tax. So my question is always, have your family that's going to give the money any relation with the Netherlands. And if it is a full no, my father never went to the Netherlands other than to visit me, then it is okay. 
Then we have the next problem. Mm-hmm. The next problem is we have an anti-money laundering act. Yeah. So the 100,000 euros comes from your Australian father, and then the notary gets nervous. Uh, they need to investigate how the father obtained the money. And a uh, simple answer says, I don't know, or, well, uh, it was on a savings account. That's not good enough. It needs to be documented how the money was obtained. And that is a slow process. And if you do a bid on a house, you are expected to be six weeks later on the meeting and pay. But sometimes it takes longer, especially with China or India. Um, Therefore, we recommend that if you buy a house, you are in charge of which notary is chosen. The buyer chooses Mm -hmm. the notary. Choose already the notary, contact already the notary, and ask what is required to justify the amount. I see, because the notary has to say, gets nervous, what you said, yeah. because, hey, it, I need to put the sign, I need to sign that yeah. this money are not exactly illegal money that you receive, yeah. let's say. Yeah, that, that's what they have to do. And uh, it already helps when the family transfers the money to a Dutch bank account. Then the bank has already done some checks and balances. Okay, makes sense. Wow. Then we touch the topic of the notary. In the Netherlands, you pay 2% transfer tax. Yeah, on the house, yeah. But if you're under 35 years old and under a certain amount, uh, almost 500,000 euros, I believe, you pay 0% transfer tax if it is your first house. Mm -hmm. But if it's not the house you're going to live in, then you pay 10.4% transfer tax. Hmm. So some people want to out-clever the Dutch tax office by doing as if they are going to live in the house, Mm -hmm. but then actually not do it. And then you have a problem with the notary. The notary is in charge of collecting this money. So if you never going to live in the house because you could sell it on with a profit, you have issues. Or if you stay a short period, a couple of months in the house, you knew that already upfront, you will also have issues with the 10.4% transfer tax. Clear. Yeah. Yeah. I heard this before. And it's funny that you mentioned it because I was uh, talking to some experts and everybody immediately said that. Oh, but yeah, if I buy a house and then I go back to Italy. But and- that is that is a topic. Eh? Every expert, we do an expert housing seminar and every time we get the same question, I own a house, I'm going back to my another country. I would like to keep the investment. It's a good investment. Can I rent it out? Do you recognize the question? Absolutely, yeah. The answer is no. You signed a mortgage agreement and explicitly in that agreement is stated you cannot rent out the house. And why can you not rent out the house? The mortgage company came to Marco. Ciao, Marco. You're looking very good. You have a job. You have a good marriage. We see the risk in you and based on that risk we charge you for five percent interest you're a low risk person we're happy to give you a loan but the moment you are no longer in control of the house but a tenant lives in the house and you're not sure if they're going to pay the rent Mm -hmm. the risk is much higher and if the bank knew that up front they would never have loaned you the money so you need you you cannot rent out the house and when in when there was a credit um, crisis, you could. The banks were already happy you paid the mortgage. <laughs> okay. But now they are in control again. If you, if they notice and they are active on the matter, 
that you are renting out, you get a note, you get a written notice that you have to pay back the full mortgage in 14 days' time. Oh, Otherwise, wow. they are going to put the house on auction. And that is not if you think an auction, well, I don't mind if I can get a good price for the house. No, <laughs> the auction goes to people that uh can only bid on the house but not take out a loan. That's a totally different value, so you get much less. You need to go to your mortgage <laughs> advisor and you have to inform them, ask what is possible, and often you get converted into a buy-to-let mortgage, but then the condition is that the mortgage cannot be more than 70% of the value of the house. Yeah, so you need to change the type of mortgage you have yeah. and there are conditions yeah. and rules. And Then the you move away and then you become a non-resident taxpayer. So you deregister from City Hall, but because you own still a property in the Netherlands that is only taxed in the Netherlands, you need to pay, you file a tax return and pay tax. And what is taxed? Taxed is the WOZ value times the assumed yield. And you can deduct the mortgage times the 2.28, and the difference is taxed. So the actual rental income you do not report, and the actual amount you pay to the bank you don't, you cannot hmm. deduct anymore. Yeah, and to me, super interesting was that you mentioned banks are active on checking if you yeah. live in the in the house, because it is a it, exactly this is a topic that came up hundred times in talk with other experts. And nobody knows if it is, oh, but are they actually going to check or not? And you're saying, yeah. well... They will get signals. Uh, they will get signals from where the, the address of the bank account is. Eh? Because you hold a bank account and you cannot have that if your bank card is sent to the address of the bank uh, address yeah. that your tenant gets your bank card. And then they yeah. only have to ask, send a copy of the, the, the code and then uh, happy days. Uh, so that's already a signal. And... Um, banks are in control again and banks are never there for you and I. Eh? They're only there for themselves. Of course, of course. So they will protect their investment. This was an interesting story yeah. and an interesting yeah. topic because I heard it a thousand times. Do you have other expert stories that you would like to share? Yeah, I have one if I can. And sure. uh, maybe too uh, much for this uh, uh, podcast, but... Um, Some people come to the Netherlands and they're all very nice with the partner, but they cannot really find a job. And the old employer in the other country uh, is missing them and willing to, to have them work remote for mm -hmm. the company. So then they go to Arnold and Arnold says, well, it's possible, but you have to set up a payroll in the Netherlands. And American companies especially are afraid of the Netherlands. What if I get exposed in the Netherlands? Does the company need to pay tax? Um, and then the best option is employment, eh? because then you're insured for disability. Very important. Eh? If you go skiing and fall down, it's nice to have a replaced income or an unemployment. But if the other country employer is really not working with you, you can register a one-man company. That is a transparent company with the Chambers of Commerce. And then you have one client. Before you go to the Chambers of Commerce, call me because otherwise they will not register. <laughs> it, there is a discussion that a one client company is not possible. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's what they heard as well. Yeah, but the thing is, Marco, you have an employer in the Netherlands. And if you terminate Friday your employment 
and Monday you come back to that same employer at the same desk doing the same job, that is the problem. Because the employer no longer pays employee social premiums for you, yeah, unemployment and disability, and you get to pay much less tax because you have all kinds of entrepreneurs discounts. Yeah. And then you are eroding the Dutch tax base. And the Dutch tax office does not want that. They are very yeah. keen on it. But that foreign company never intended to set up a Dutch payroll. They really don't want that. So the second best option for you to contribute to the Dutch tax system is sending an invoice and paying the Dutch tax. So they cannot argue in international situations that one client is no client. Clear. And I'm happy to help people with that. Fantastic. I think that being a Zizze payer, which means a one-man company or being your, having your own business in the Netherlands, that you're not employed, but you are boss of yourself, maybe we could keep it for another podcast. Yes. If you would like to come back. Yes, and, please. And please, listeners, let us know if it is a topic that you would like to hear as well, because that's a full other set of rules and discussion, right? Really exciting. That you can help um, of your customers with. also, of in the, yeah. Of course. So... To conclude, what are the services that at Orange Tax you guys offer? The, I think the most important service is that you can ask us a simple question. A, a question is, that's on your mind and we reply to you, we don't charge for that. That, that is a unique, I think, aspect of our company. Um, don't misuse it too much. <laughs> uh, and then I hope we can um, express our knowledge and that when the moment comes, a tax return needs to be filed. We can help you with the tax return. We have fixed fees. You find them on our website, orangetax.com. Uh, but if you start a company, we can help you with the company. Or when you find a foreign employer that wants to set up a payroll in the Netherlands, we have that service as well. And we can help you with the 30% ruling questions and application. Okay, where are you based? We are uh, mainly based in Amsterdam and Haarlem, but we all have also offices in Rotterdam, Eindhoven and Groningen. But even if we have a customer from another city, could you could they get in contact with you via yeah. Zoom or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. First, uh, we would uh, you can always make a Zoom appointment, but we first would like to know what is the exact question. Eh? If it's a simple question like my my family wants to donate money, then I give you the answer, uh, and so we filter that. But if it is exceeding email uh, reply, we do a Zoom. And we have a Zoom. But some people think, well, you're going to handle all my finances. I want to see the person that is I'm uh, telling all my information to. Of then course. we can, of course, meet in an office. Yeah. 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 Great. Well, thank you a lot. You made Welcome. many of these topics really, really simple that I could follow. Some others, there are a few more numbers. Yeah. And that is something that... Yeah. <laughs> goes too quick then. Yeah. yeah. But overall, there are a lot of things you made clear that I didn't know before. And I'm thinking our listeners as well. So thank you a lot. You're welcome. Have a nice day. To our listeners, bye-bye. Do you have any feedback or a topic that you would like us to discuss in a podcast episode? Then find the Experts in Netherlands on Instagram or send us an email at expertsinnetherlands at gmail.com.